Alex. You were on the show two days ago, and yes. now we're in an entirely different part of the country. Yep, we're in the deep south now at uh, Baba, Sp- Baba Motorsports Park doing some testing with the RS and ASM Motorsports so, Group. this morning I got up at 4 o'clock, took a quick shower, and got in the car, and raced a rainstorm to get down here, and I didn't get in any rain and now we're sitting inside a shelter because it's storming here pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, that's about the situation. <laughs> uh, they said sustained winds of like 20 to 30 miles an hour plus yep. gusts up to 70 miles an hour. Yep. And uh, watching the rain come off the trailers and just like be blown down the asphalt or like the paddock is kind of weird. Yeah, it's... Um It'd be a tricky tricky time to be on track, but we're actually not allowed to be on track at the moment because of the lightning in the area. So You can tell it's definitely not yeah. a good life event because yeah. they, uh, they ceased track operations early yep. and got everyone into a safe location. Which, yep. uh, and there aren't any canopies flying around. So, yeah. uh, and Adam isn't stressed. Well, he might still be stressed. He's just not on the show. Um, this is my first time at Barber. This place is absolutely crazy. It's just unbelievably beautiful um and pete collins is on the microphone here with his watch going crazy like he's somebody important say hi pete hi how you doing down here he is known as whiskey pete <laughs> why is he known as whiskey pete well because he's from wisconsin obviously <laughs> <laughs> i just showed up here about what two years ago well, and then three, three years, ago? years ago yeah you're getting okay. old pete I've been doing this three years. I looked for... It was winter. I got the track bug. I came down here. And I think I came down every month, at least once, for the next year. Yep. So we're here uh, today testing a bunch of changes on the cars that we will be campaigning next year. Um, But nobody has bigger changes than you do. So why don't you tell us about the changes on your car and what we are testing for you out here today? What I guess is formally known as MS7, but might experience a name change. Yeah, it's going to be called M3 now because it's got three motors in it. <laughs> Not three in it. It had three put in it and blown up. Fair enough. So does that mean uh, when this one goes, it'll be M4? It's going to be upgraded to an M4, yeah. <laughs> cool. M4, M4 is actually sitting in Joliet as we speak. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so... Uh, Pete did not want to be on the show. I think he's a little scared of the microphones. Um, Pete has uh, what was a really fast, really dialed-in stock power, stock motor M3. And uh, I rode in that two years ago at Blackhawk, and it was great. Since then, he's completely changed the car. So uh, he decided he wanted to do an LS swap, and he wanted to do some crazy aero. And then he wanted to put more LS engines in. How's that working out? It's working, present tense. (laughs) Has it always worked? No. So I think uh, the first motor made it all one and a half sessions. Yeah, at at Autobahn, right? That was the we tested the first motor. And then the second motor was Blackhawk. We made it. One session, I went uh, back up for the second session, and and it just done. seized. Classic. Yeah. So, however, since then, uh, I think we have a better combination in there. Uh, we've done what shakedowns at Audubon with it successfully. Audubon went to Gingerman at um, Fall Festival. Andy tested it there. Very fast. Um, it was crazy fast. It was it was up there with the track mark cars. And then additionally, after that, we made it to NCM in November. Yep. I think you were there as well. I wasn't there at that one. You and Andy just went to that one. And since then, even, now you have uh, sequential trans in, which is something that all the cool kids seem to be doing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the adapter kit, we were running the Gatrog trans in there, and the adapter kit I had only allowed us to you know, run a 9-inch clutch single disc. Um, we didn't anticipate this combination making as much power as it did. Um, and I think I went through two or three clutches in it. So how much power does it make? Uh, let's we'll see, 600. Okay. It's so, like a healthy track mod motor. So the original, yeah. I've had, this sequential has been sitting around since February of 2019. 
Okay. So it was originally intended to go behind the S54 at the time, um, but now it just, you know, the rules have changed across the board, and it just kind of seems like a viable solution at this point. Yeah, right. So today is your first day driving the car um, with a sequential, or any car with a sequential transmission, right? Not not just your car with your new motor and all of your investment at stake and on the line. How was that in your first session this morning? Going into it, I didn't know what to expect. I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube of sequentials, um, but it was it was different. I mean, you know, it's an expensive piece. And the last thing I want to do is mess something up by shifting wrong or, you sure. know, there's a calibration issue on the throttle or on the ignition cut or on the other side on the blipping for the throttle. Um, that's what I was most worried about. But uh, everything so far so good. And you have like full shift cut for upshifts and, and blipping for downshifts. Are you clutchless shifting yet or still using the clutch? No, I'm not using the clutch currently. The way Andy at ASM has set it up, um, we have a nice throttle cut through the AEM, um, or an ignition cut through the AEM for upshifts. And when that ignition comes back on, it comes on nice and soft. It's just not an on-off switch. Um, you know, so upshifting's been great. Downshifting, um, he's also utilized the AEM for that and was able to um, essentially program the auto-blipping um, it works right now. I think we can dial it in a little bit better. You know, just uh, give it a few hundred more revs, um, yep. you know, for downshifts. And that's one of the things that, that AM or Infinity is not, doesn't have out of the box is uh, throttle, bill, throttle blipping for downshifts. But Andy has figured out a way to, to make that work with Infinity. That's really cool. So, um, I, I think Andy did a 132 in in your car at Gingerman last fall. So um, I've heard. <laughs> outside of that, uh, you've got a bunch of other really fast laps around. Will you talk about any of those? Um, NCM, you know, obviously uh, we did down there, and the car went reliable both days. Every session didn't skip a beat. Um, you know, we're just, you know, at that point, we're still getting, okay, this is going too good. What's coming, you know, what curveball is going to be thrown at us? Um, we got some laps in there. I got some seat time in there. Um, you know, I've never driven anything with that much power, so it was quite, you know, overwhelming to me. Andy, however, um, you know, he's picked up on it right away. He loves the chassis. I, I think everybody loves the chassis that's been in it. Um, so we're... 205, I think Andy got down to 205, maybe a little south of that. That's pretty good. Um, and I had heard you did, or one of you guys did a, a solid lap at Autobahn. I don't know if we did or not. I don't Andy know if we did. did or not. Is that right? Micah, there was a good lap at Micah Autobahn South. i got like, all these south. private text messages going with people like, don't talk about this, but check this out. <laughs> So, and for the record, I only ended up with a 208 at NCM. 208 is still really quick. Um, I'll agree with that. I, it's, I guess it's my opinion that as far as track mod cars go, uh, your car is the closest one that I've seen to like the intent of the rulebook, where uh, a lot of cars slot into track mod as um, Optima cars that are carryover or uh, for cars from other series, and very few have actually spent some time to develop the arrow uh, to the allowances of the rules, which is largely unrestricted. Um, and so seeing your car, even on stock power, it was going pretty fast at NCM a couple years ago. So uh, to me, that's really exciting to see what the potential for these cars actually is. I think there's a lot of potential for track mod cars, um, you know, but arrow is one of those things where, you know, I think a lot of people just start out simple and kind of progress from there. And then when you get into the more and more advanced stuff, um, you know, we'll call it custom. It's tailored to that chassis and everything. Um, you know, I'm going to say what's on MS7 right now is just kind of like a plug and play type thing. Okay. Um, how did know, that universal work? As far as getting it on the yeah, car? Yeah, like how did you know who was making the, the right stuff? How did you know what you were shopping for? Uh, I actually, TF had the chassis and they were working on a um, bunch of other things on the car. And then I had them take the lead on getting the uh, HGK racing body kit I have on the car. 
Um, and then I believe they worked with Exact Performance. Um, Which is based in Chicago, is that correct. right? Yep. So I'm kind of out of the loop on all this stuff. So, you know, I put it in TS hands. I trust them. And, you know, nothing really came my way as far as, uh, you know, technical stuff. That's just way over my head. So it's just complete faith and... I don't know. Turned out all right, I guess. And I drove that car at Road Atlanta. I I'd never driven Road Atlanta before. Had not driven that car in its current spec at that time, and it was it had all the aero on it. It had the S54 in it and the normal trans. And I, I did not go fast, but the grip of that car was phenomenal, and the the uh, the balance of the car was phenomenal. But at that time, it was clear uh, it needed more power. Sure. Because everything else just... Going down the long straight, I got the point by from a Miata, a stockish looking Miata, and that Miata had to lift to let me buy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is exactly where it started. Um, We we actually tested the car with arrow and without arrow. Okay. And on the back straight, I think we lost nine miles an hour. Oh, my God. No drivetrain changes, power changes, or anything. Nine miles an hour is what the arrow cost us. And, and that so. has to have been coming sig- off the previous corner significantly slower with no arrow. Correct. Correct. So uh, when we had Jeff Ron on the show a couple of weeks ago, one of the things we talked about as far as dialing in, setting up arrow, was you know that those constant tweaks to match the amount of downforce for the amount that you need for a particular track when you go out and you start doing laps are you or do you just you know set the angle of attack to max and just drive it that way or are you are you trying to dial out arrow so that you're at that balance between speed and grip i think right now it's kind of just been put to the side um you know with the drivetrain being the focus um but typically what we have done is I don't even think we've made one adjustment. You know, we just set the splitter low. Okay, this looks like a good rake. Um, you know, on the wing, I mean, car's not getting loose, not getting unstable. So, um, you know, it's providing the grip it needs to, downforce it needs to right now. Um, but we're just, you know, working on the motor. I mean, it's, it works. It's time yeah. to start pulling some back, man. <laughs> I think we, we as a whole group kind of a tight approach the uh, aero aspect of things as as making sure that the car is balanced um, for sure you know professional awesome and, and we certainly don't know anything close to what they know but but i've heard mike talk about this and say you really can't have too much aero if if you're running too much aero for your track you're not producing that much drag anyway so it's not that much of a hindrance so mm. we have run as much aero on the cars as we can and just make sure they're balanced and we adjust for balance i think at this point um, there's headroom there, obviously, in what we do, and, but that's been our approach to this point. So one of the things that I think is really neat about your car, actually, there's a lot of things that are really neat, but uh, air jacks are pretty neat, and you're the only car I know that has them. What made you decide that this is just something you had to have? Pete uh, didn't decide. I did, well, no, I kind of did. I was not at PRI in 2018. 2018. 2018, I was not at PRI. And Andy texted Alex and I and said, Pete, you need these. And there's a picture of Air Jacks. I've seen them before. That's, they look cool. This isn't how it happened. This is exactly. I have the text I was, message I here. I stood with him. We saw him. He handed his credit card over and he ordered them. And he said, Pete's getting these. <laughs> and then he texted you and said, Pete, you need these. <laughs> oh. They were ordered. They were bought. And I said, I just said, okay. Yeah, I didn't think he was yeah. actually going to buy them. No, they were already paid for. Oh. <laughs> Pete, this is why we love you. But I think I think I'll bet you you'll see another couple sets out there in, in Grid Life this year. I, you know, um, in I, I think it was in the pit cart that Adam had bought from Ed. I think at the same time Adam also got air jacks for his car. Oh yeah, for like no money. Yeah. Um, so he's pretty excited about them too. That's um, super cool. They are about the coolest thing. So the the story of that pit cart is. That it was Sarah Fisher's old pit cart. Okay. And um, Adam bought it for $300 from Ed. And we used it at every event this year, and it was like central command for just about everything trackside yep. operations. And I bet you could have sold it at every event three times over for a grand. Kevin Wesley came up, and as soon as we he saw it, he was like, I'll pay you $1,500 right now for that. Yep. we want, I wanted it. As soon as I saw it, it's like, I need that. <laughs> 
it's a it's a very cool thing, and it's got like it's got power strips in it. So we yep. set up a like a Wi-Fi hotspot, and we just do the computer work from there. You need a pick cart, Pete. A pick cart? I think you need a pick cart. A pick cart. Yeah, for sure. No. No. You haven't seen one. If you see it, you'd think you need it. <laughs> well, I need lots of stuff, but it doesn't mean I'm going to get it. <laughs> it usually does, though. So, uh, Gold Pass ticket sales went on, went open on Friday, yesterday. Yes. And they're not sold out, but they're pretty close, actually. The response was really incredible. And uh, you guys both bought tickets, so thank you for supporting the series. And yep. uh, which events are you going to do this year, Alex? Uh, I got six. A six-pack, I think, is what I ordered. Uh, and my plan is to do NCM, uh, the Horizon Festival, because I've heard that's about the best thing you can do. It's the best. Um, Midwest Festival, obviously. Road America. Gridlife 4 Festival. And one more. Not Mid-Ohio. I think Mid-Ohio is the one I'm going to miss. Okay. You guys are doing seven events, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. So I'm not doing Mid-Ohio. That's, that's Mid-Ohio the Mid-Ohio is such a fun place. Yeah. But it's a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit of a drive for you. Yeah, it's a little bit out of the way for us. But yeah. and what about you, Pete? Pike's Peak is a little bit of a drive too. I know. But you're going to that. I know. But I've heard that's like the best time ever. It's going to be the best. Okay, I'm glad that's one of the ones I selected. Yeah, you're you're coming to that. <laughs> so I, I bought four of purchased four events. So, um, whatever events Alex is going to do, I'm going to jump on, just because it'd be nice to have a mechanic Andy there. So I think everybody. Yeah, it's it's I, hard to beat that kind of trackside support. It's incredible. It's <laughs> just like, go to like the events that Andy's going to. I mean, because yeah. Andy's going to be there with Alex, and then I don't have to pay extra for Andy to show up. He's already there. <laughs> 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 That's convenient. Hopefully, um, Andy doesn't listen to this. I don't know. I don't know if he listens <laughs> to the show or not. But we are surprised by the number of people who do. Yeah, I um, listen to it. I listen. I get. Actually, this event that we do is this is the third time we've come down for this in the spring. We usually do this and then an NCM event in the spring. With uh, Drew at Binge Tokyo, right? Yep. 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 Um, get, just getting ready for stuff. And, and that drive is when I typically get caught up on my year's worth of slip angle. Yeah. But you guys are doing so many shows now that I don't think I can just do it It's like a divide and conquer thing right now. Uh, Adam was supposed to be down at this event, but uh, had family obligations and couldn't make it. So uh, he recorded with Derek... On the same night that you and I recorded, and we're gonna, we'll probably have enough stuff in the queue to release two episodes per week for the next few weeks, you know, because like the shows kind of still need to be relevant in terms of current events, and so you can't, you can't backdate them that long before they're just yep. not interesting anymore. But um, are you gonna be doing the NCM uh, special with with Binge Tokyo in March? Probably not at this point. Okay. Um, I'll probably be looking into a February event somewhere else. Um, maybe something in March as well. Okay. Uh, I'm not like, I mean, obviously we live up north. I don't know who does events in February. Like down here? Texas. Down here, Texas. Yeah, we, we need to find an event at um, Eagles Canyon Raceway um, oh, yeah. in Texas because we're going there with one lap. So I think Ferris told me that track was actually really fun. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Uh, I think Andy has found an event in March time, and so we're planning on hitting that one in prep for one kind of as our last so, last season. And what's event. Um, I mean, obviously the goal is uh, for one lap is always to win. Is it is it realistic with the setup? You never know. I mean, there's the I think for our car, car to win. First things you have to take care of is finishing. Uh, you can't win if you don't finish. Um, there's a lot of exotic hardware out there that's that's driven very well. I'm sure there's going to be the McLaren out there again. I've, I've heard there's going to be an Italian something or other out there uh, this time that's going to be in line for the win and, and Porsches and all those kinds of things. And I think for a car like ours to win, we have to be reliable we have to drive extremely well, and we have to be um, benefit from from circumstance too. Um, yep. I don't think on pure performance we can beat every. Well, I know on pure performance we can't beat all the GT2s and GT3s and McLarens sure. and what well, have you. One out of there. the things that um, I've noticed. I mean, I'm kind of a one lap nut. One of the things that I've noticed for the last several years is um, if you do really, really well on the wet skid pad. You're not playing catch up all week. Yep. 
Um, and the Evos, RS, and even my car included, I, I think I was in 46th place or something like that after the wet skid pad. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can, you can find your way up into the top 10 uh, in a situation like that. But to make it to the absolute you know, podium is, is really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and we didn't do well on the wet skid pad last year. I don't know where we, fin where we scored on that, but it wasn't as high as we'd hoped, especially as we had taken wet weather tires um, as our chosen tire. So we were playing a little bit of catch up, but, but we, you know, back end of the week, we started rising pretty quickly through the ranks, through some through cars dropping out and, and some through just having, you know, really good performances. Good finishes, yep. You know, we had a lot of How did of it do with three. the autocross? Uh, third, I think we were third okay. overall on the autocross behind TTRS and maybe behind Thorn, or we may have been second. I guess I wouldn't have expected the TTRS to be a strong autocross car. Uh, well, I think anything's a good, strong autocross car when you have someone like Brandon driving it. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I think one thing I've been hearing a lot of when we you know, go around with our group at, from people who stop by is, I wouldn't have thought that TTRS would have been that good at whatever it is. It wouldn't be a good road course car. wouldn't be a good autocross car. How on earth can that car run a 9.6 second quarter mile, which it has done? That's so it's, crazy. It's just a great all-round car that's that's really good at everything. Except and it's well driven. Except uh, we we've seen some we've seen some stuff. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a modified car. It's making a lot of power and and it has one or two teething troubles with the setup. It's gone to a new turbo and and all those kinds of things. So well, that's, yeah. I was talking about what was happening today, but. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's a weird, weird car. I can't believe it. Now, on one lap last year, wasn't that car on pretty much stock suspension? Uh, it had... What did it have? No, it had, I think it had Olin's on it. Um, but yeah, it was it was not a design suspension. And, and yeah, it, w it was pretty much stock suspension. Now he's got... Um, I don't know what coilovers he has, but he's got some coilovers now that are designed. I feel like I saw the that they were Olin's. They could just maybe today. They are, yeah. Um, but anyway, his it, the setup is going to be much better, much stronger this year. Uh, I drove that car at DCTC, and it is unbelievably quick, like like crazy fast. Um, doesn't handle that great, but it's got grip and it's crazy fast. So, Pete. Uh, I only know you from owning the the M3. Like the, I guess that's for for as long as I've known you, you've owned that car. For how long have you been tracking? Uh, gotta think of my years here: eighteen, seventeen, sixteen, November sixteen. I think November. You had you had an M5 that you were trying to track and got I sick think, of that. This so is, this I think you should tell everybody well, how you bought no, that car. This might bite me in the butt here. I think it started out with map proving grounds. I got to go, I've never been on track before, and these guys let me on track up at Brainerd. Um, and I went out, did a few laps. It was enough for, you know, the track bug. So it was a two, 2013 BMW M5, had horsepower, you know, I was king, ding, king dingling, I was fast. Is, is the 2013, is that the, the V10 or no? No, the, the, the twin turbo V8. Okay. Correct. So I had the track bug. Well, then guess what I did? I signed up for Grid Lifetime Attack in 2016, and you know what? I walked away with third place in track mod rear, rear wheel drive. No kidding. So I yeah, I got that trophy on you know my desk. Huh. So that's where it all started out. So and then this is where it gets real interesting. So I tracked it a few more times, um, and now we're 2017 April. I found this M3. I actually found it down here. Uh, my buddy Zach, he found it, uh, bought it. I said, hey, take it to your guy, throw on the same suspension you have. You know, just BC coilovers, you know, just to get it started. Pick up the car on a Friday, first time driving it, perfect. Saturday rolls around, you know, I'm ready to go. Got a new car, it's not as heavy as the M5, nice and light. My buddy Zach, he's faster than his M3, why can't I be fast? <laughs> okay. First session. It gets wadded up and totaled. What? Yes. True story. So the day I got that M3 that's sitting out there, I totaled it. 
How did that happen? It, it was like over there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a portion of the track where you go down and then up literally over a pedestrian tunnel, tunnel that's underneath. Um, turn 14, I believe. Oh, I'm looking at the track map right here. Doesn't help any yeah. of our listeners, oh, but oh, it's a uh, decreasing radius, multi uh, multi go, radius corner, right? You go you go up over a hill. The car gets light. I should have opened the wheel probably a little bit more and cranked too much. Back end comes out. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm into the wall. So, so it was probably the best learning experience reality check ever. I'm gr- I'm glad. So you know, if someone that, would like that's the, the same shell. That or? is the same shell. Yep. How did you uh, How did you fix it? You You got to hear Zach tell this story because Zach tells the story of Whiskey Pete that came down here, who they were pretty convinced was an IRS agent or something. The way he just came over and was like, "Hey, I'm Pete," and <laughs> getting involved. And he they, he tells the story of how Pete wanted up this car, and they're like, "Well, that's the end of Whiskey Pete." A week later, he says the car's back, ready to go again. It was, all fixed it was up. Two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, we had you know damage um, from passenger fender all the way around to the rear bumper. Uh, driver's side of the car was just pancaked pretty hard. Um, frame rail, front frame rail was tweaked a little bit, um, but I just kind of had the motivation in my head that you know if. I don't do something quick. I'm going to lose motivation and move sure. on. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm glad that, kind of glad that was the first experience. It just gave me that reality check, and I did something I carried with, um, you know. And then it's just, you know, I became the conservative, safe driver. Sure. And then, you know, going outside my limits from there where it needs so, to. So, uh, I think on one hand, there I could count the number of drivers that I've, I have ridden with and would ride with. And... Uh, you guys are both on that list. So I rode with you at Blackhawk, and it was that at the time the car was really like confident and inspired. Yeah, you told me you wanted to ride with me because you were thinking about getting another car or chassis. Did yeah, you just want to ride with me? That's the same thing you told me, me as well. I, he wanted to ride an S2000 because he was thinking about getting one. You know, I'm, just I'm asked for a the ride. best passenger. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't have any money these days. I spend it all on house mods. Moss, uh, Moss was at the house this what this weekend and yeah, I, too much shit. I I went to Abe's house. Abe was gracious enough to let me stay in his house, and I walked in there, and the first thing I thought and said was, "No wonder you don't have any money to do any track stuff anymore." <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, where we where we live in India is a little expensive. It's super close to work and it's super convenient, but it is expensive. Um, okay, so. You guys are both doing Time Attack for 2020. Um, Moss, you're doing One Lap of America. Pete, do you have anything else planned? No. Speed Ring? He's going to Speed Ring? I'm going to Speed Ring. Are you going to win? You're going to compete in Speed Ring. I'm going to compete in Speed Ring. Yes. <laughs> so, grid life. Uh, I, I still hope to get just a handful of track days in there, uh, whether it be with the S2000 and you've, uh, Andy's. you've been to a lot of tracks. Is that, I think that's right? Correct. Um, I call Barber actually my home track. Okay. I've been here. But I've been would here you more. you say that Barber is your favorite? Oh, probably. I think Bob is my favorite track. Is that right? Yeah. So, ironically, I don't think I've been to many Midwest tracks. Uh, kind of Autobahn for shakedowns. You know, never really driven, driven it. Uh, Blackhawk, Gingerman once. Um, the first thing I did when I got here was call Adam and say, we need to come here because this place is super cool. We've been telling you this for a couple of years now that we need to do time attack at Baba. This uh, is a great time attack track and it's a great facility to host a high profile grid life event. I, I agree. And there's, there's like a million paddock spaces with, uh, what, is it 50 amp or 30 amp power? Both. It's both. Uh, there's like... <laughs> probably 50 posts with power on it at least um so like every trailer could have its own power supply there's a really nice fueling station there's this awesome clubhouse that we're hanging out in now waiting for the storm to pass yeah it's like it's it's a club racing track that has the facility to support indica and the uh the security guard at the museum was kind enough to let me run in and use the restroom uh without buying a ticket the museum is uh 
incredible. So the, the, the grounds here, I mean, I don't even know how big this complex is, but it feels gigantic. Um, yeah. So uh, oh, we're in this for about 30 minutes, and it seems like Pete doesn't have anything else he wants to say. Not Can right. we, I think we need to talk about Pete's shakedown run in the session this morning. I think that's a good idea. Pete, I came up on Pete. Pete went out just like a little kid at Christmas with his new toy, with his new sequential transmission. He went out here to show the world what this car was going to do. In the rain. After two laps, Wet track. I came out on this big train of cars. It's got to have been six or seven cars all stacked up behind an M3 with a massive wing on it. <laughs> we went past the start-finish line after about a lap. And I swear the flag guy was about getting to throw the blue flag at Pete to let, start letting people buy. So, Pete, would you like to explain yourself? <laughs> I had not much to explain. I think he was throwing the flag at Ron, uh, Ron Solomon. I think I didn't see a flag. Ron was behind me. I think he was yep. holding you guys up. Yeah. Um, you know, had Ron passed you guys by, I would have gladly given you a point by. <laughs> I would have even pit out for you. <laughs> well, thank you, Pete. I appreciate it. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I really, really appreciate you being on the show, and uh, we'll probably end up talking more over margaritas tonight. Cheers. Cheers. And now a word from our partners. And now a word from our partners. Hi, everyone. Uh, we do have uh, some big thanks to uh, to put out to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, we have uh, we have a bunch of you now. Uh, next time I get an email from Mr. Derek Yarbrough with names, I will I will read them off. Uh, but we really appreciate you. We really appreciate all the listeners. And uh, yeah, go to uh, Patreon. I think dot com slash Slipangle, or just Google Patreon and Slipangle, and it shows up. Um, got a bunch of different levels there. We really appreciate the uh, support and hoping to to build the uh, the show and be able to go to some uh, some interesting places and record with some cool people so uh, and this show is supported by our buddies over at apex pro uh, it's data acquisition except for it's a little bit less intimidating and uh, uh, it's it's a bit immediate in the uh, in the car uh, and it's it's just a really cool uh, setup so we, we met uh, Andrew from apex pro a couple of years ago at PRI I uh, did a good show with him probably about a hundred shows ago if you want to listen to to uh, what Apex Pro was all about when they first started out, and now uh, they've become quite a bit more of a uh, uh, of a force in data uh, and in driver development. So, uh, if you uh, if you want to check it out, go to uh, go to their website uh, or uh, or check out the Apex Pro app for free on the Apple uh, App Store uh, and uh, and see what it's all about. So, Apex Pro hardware is four forty nine, uh, and it can be expanded to offer OBD two data and predictive lap timing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it is only on iOS, uh, so dummies like me with uh, Android, uh, you get, you got to steal your mom's or iPad or your wife's old smartphone. That's actually what I'm gonna, going to be doing. So, uh, yeah, and check them out, uh, Apex Pro uh, at apextrackcoach.com or uh, hit up Andrew or any of the team over there. Uh, he's been uh, Andrew's been kind of a... Uh, a growing resource in the HPDE and racing world too. He's done a lot of racing and track day and, and coaching and stuff uh, himself. Uh, we're going to be having him on pretty soon to talk about uh, a few different things. So look for a couple of shows with Andrew coming up. So apextrackcoach.com and uh, we will probably also be uh, selling them on our website shortly. So uh, we will let you know as soon as that is done. So we've got a track invasion here at Barber. Yeah, we're live now. Oh, hello, everybody. Uh, we're, we're again down at Barber, and uh, uh, we wrangled up a local, uh, one of those Southern Dixie guys, I guess. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> and the Minnesota is pretty well represented here, but certainly more represented than Alabama. But there's a guy, and he tells a story or two, and he <laughs> comes here a lot. Introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Zach. Zach, Zach from the track. Zach from the track. That's right. Yeah, I've been coming here really since year one. How long ago was that? Man, that would have been, I think they opened 98. I think it came in 98. Okay. 99. Yeah, it's been at least 18 years I've been coming. 
18 years. 18 years. So the you don't look that old, but you're pretty old. I know. I'm 42, but I started at 18. Okay. I started but, at Road Atlanta at 18 years old. Okay. We uh, autocrossed. We were autocrossers. Okay. And then it just kind of like, there was like a death spiral. <laughs> we are, uh, man, you know, you, you know how things go. They just, you just get bored. You know, it's always more. This is a relentless pursuit of happiness. This, this race thing. No, you it's, know? I think it's worse than heroin because, oh, for uh, sure. Oh, heroin would be way cheaper than doing yeah, this. Yeah. Much way more, cheaper. much more responsible way hobby. <laughs> I wish somebody would have hooked me on heroin back then, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So my brother-in-law was an M3 guy. He had an E30 M3 and, uh, Jack Joyner. Okay. Who's sort of a, he does the Porsche club school here he's an instructor here he does mercedes instructing and uh he was autocrossing and we go we go to uh he says come on we're gonna go out to this parking lot and autocross so i'm like okay what's autocross i just gotten this e36 m3 and uh <laughs> they lined me up he says go this way zach go this way and when i get finished they're like well it would have been a good time but you went backwards zach and i said all right that's this is it this is my life with jack now from here on out jack's gonna teach me how to race but uh anyway we autocrossed for a few years we did great we had a good time and then uh scott and jack scott montana's another local guy and uh they started going to the going to these de's and and um that was it, man. I was hooked. They so that took, was at Road Atlanta. Yeah, they okay. took me to Road Atlanta at eighteen. They were they were twenty five at the time. So you're just a young guy, young, just following them, just wanting to be like the brother in law, you okay. know. So you you race an E forty six now. Yes. Uh, um, is that what you? What did you start with? E thirty six. Okay. Yeah, E thirty six. And then how much prep did you do? With that, that car, not a lot. It stayed pretty stock. I mean, I drove it. It was a daily driver for me, and then played on the weekends. Nice. Totaled it one day trying to drift in the rain and uh, wrapped a tree, wrapped around a tree. And then on, that was, on the street? On the street. Yeah, on the street. Bought another like a one. Like dummy. Yeah, 18. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're, we could we survived everything. <laughs> wrapped it around a tree. Made sure my insurance was paid. I didn't think it was at the time. <laughs> Made sure it was paid. Got me a new M3 and... Man, it's just it's. There's always been a BMW in the garage. Okay, so you're, are you like a you're a BMW guy? Not not necessarily. It's just a good car. Yeah, I mean it's a good all around car, which is why you don't see me mess with this one too much. I, yeah. I keep it pretty stock. It's like a really simple build. Yeah, I've got um, I've got thirteen thousand track miles on that car, and I changed the oil. And it's got 113,000 miles. So it's, it's really a good car. Yeah. What else, what else do you drive on track? On track, I've got an 08 Ferrari F430 Challenge car. I heard you yesterday telling, telling stories about uh, differentials. You're, yeah. you're kind of between builds right now? Yeah. The, the, uh, the ta you're always between builds when you own a Ferrari race car. <laughs> you're lucky to get a few laps out of her. Uh, it's extremely expensive. It's extremely hard to find the parts on this car. And, uh, but when I have her here, it's just, it's just pure heaven. That's real. That's really what it is. It's better than the, the track Be car. Better E46? than the M3. I'm, I'm sure it's a different experience. Yeah. It's a different experience. The thing about the M3, Riley is her name, which is what I'd like to call her. If that's okay. Okay. We'll talk She's about Riley on the show. Standard M3. We've got Kanye, which is the Ferrari and Riley's the M3. And, uh, the thing about Riley is we, I, I feel like she's. We're one, man. We, we've, we've gone through a bunch together. We've hit walls in turn five at Road Atlanta. We've, we've just had, we've had some serious races where we took out cup cars, you know, where we placed and, and against 2012 Porsche cup cars. And this, there's just this little E46 M3. So I've just in love. Well, it goes like snot. We, uh, I was out earlier and you, you rip around pretty quick with it. Try to. We really do. Really do. And so the Ferrari, obviously, a rare car, I try to be, uh, you know, just easier on Mechanical it. sympathy. Yeah, easier on it. So, you were telling a story yesterday about taking the Ferrari down to NOLA with yeah. your friends and, and trying to meet new friends at NOLA with your Ferrari. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Can I'll you tell, tell us? It. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? So, so 
Yeah. <laughs> I caught a lot of flack. I'm Italian, or I'm Sicilian, actually. We came in we came in through New Orleans in 1890 and made it right to Birmingham, and that was it. So when I got the Ferrari, it was a big deal. Oh, I'm going back to my roots and this, that, and the other. No, no, I'm a BMW guy that owns a Ferrari. I just happened to own a Ferrari. Because Whiskey Pete talked me into this Ferrari, honestly. We'll, we'll tell about the origins of Whiskey Pete here in a minute. In a minute, <laughs> in a minute. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> so I've got the Ferrari. I've, I've, I've first time to Nola, trying to make new friends, and uh, you know the sun's coming up over. You know how you know how the mist is on the track, and the sun's just coming up, and I'm feeling pretty badass about it. You know? <laughs> you know, I've winched my Ferrari off the back of this trailer, and and uh, I have Alexa in my in my trailer, and so I just spit out to Alexa. I said, Alexa, play me some music, and Alexa, as I'm as I'm, man, wiping the mist off of the hood of this car, Blair's Eye of a Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Through the entire parking lot. You should have seen my level of confidence, how it dropped. And then I'm, I'm dedicated to this now. You know, I have to clean this whole car to Eye of a Tiger. <laughs> Needless to say, no one spoke to me the whole weekend. Ugh, you know, I was that guy. <laughs> You might still be that guy. I, I, I am still that guy, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so uh, you've been coming around here a long time, long and time. Pete's been here maybe four or five years. Tell us about Whiskey Pete. Whiskey Pete. How? Let's see. Pete's been coming. He's in his third year. Okay. Yeah, he's in his third year. Um, and man, Whiskey Pete's something. Go ahead. Yeah, we need, we need to talk a little bit about the culture of, of coming to these barber track days. You guys have your spot right we, in the paddock. That's yeah. your spot, yeah. and yes. you're going to chase off anybody else who comes to your spot. <laughs> that's right. These guys get lined up outside the track a couple of hours before it opens. So they can get in and get their paddock spot. Yeah, and anybody that should know, they won't come to our spot. You should know that's your spot. This is ours. And, and it's funny. Yeah, because like, the paddock here is so tight. Right? right? It's not like there's not a million prime <laughs> there spots. Is, there's, there's, every spot is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And great views. But the bathrooms, the food, the stairs, it all just works out right, you know? And uh, what's funny is we only started out with, about, you know, there's three of us, three or four of us would come to this track and just do the, you know, do our thing. And it grew. Well, we've got the GT3 guys that all park across from us, and the BMWs are here, and then everybody else just kind of does their thing, you know? So here's this guy that I'm parked. I'm here early. So is he. No, don't know who he is. And he's kind of staring at me a lot. And I don't really know why. It's starting to really freak me out a little bit. And so he walks up to me and he's like, he goes, hey, so you know what you're doing. You care if I follow you around? And I said, ah, you know, let, let me let me go back a little bit for just a second. <laughs> just so you get, get my idea here. I think any of us that are in this sport, we either work hard or somebody works hard for us sure to come do this sport so uh you know this is our the the i don't know about i don't know about the north but in the south we've got a tradition of sitting on the front porch and in our rocking chairs and drinking our sweet tea you know sure and this area is considered our front porch okay when you're invited to sit on this front porch or you're not (laughs) there's you got to get go through a few steps we got to know who you are yeah right so uh you can uh, everywhere else in barber's free just right here come on now let's let's introduce ourselves (laughs) let's let me find out who you are you find out if i like you and you like me so pete just comes barreling up in here like he's gonna take over the place (laughs) you know and says uh hey you know what you're doing do you care if i follow you around i said ah I don't know. Why don't you just go over there by the next of the GT3 guys? Because I'm not really looking for anybody to follow me around. I'm here to relax this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really looking for new friends. I'm, I did say that. I did. I said, hey, I'm not looking for any new friends, but you can go over there and I'll keep my eye on you. And make sure okay. <laughs> Pete doesn't know boundaries. Pete, <laughs> Pete knows no boundaries. He thinks everybody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> so he came, he came, you know, he kept coming over and we ended up by, well, here, this is where he gets whiskey, Pete. Cause we were like, what's your name? My name's Peter. And we said, yeah, that's, everybody's got nicknames down here. So Todd Barksdale ended up, he said, why don't we go with whiskey? He's from Wisconsin. We'll call him whiskey Pete. So that's where, so everybody knows him as that. Even around the world, I have friends in 
in Saudi Arabia. I have friends in England. I have <laughs> friends all over the world that say, "How's Whiskey Pete doing?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that so they know him. They know him well. So uh, that was it, man. I mean, we just we started to hung, hang out, and he came eight times that year back down here. That's so many track events. And, and someone you'd never met him before, right? This, no. So you had some suspicions about who he was. Sure did. Well, that goes a little further. I got in his M5. By the way, it had grid life across the front. I'd never heard of grid. I, don't, I said, what's grid life? <laughs> and we did, you know, and he started to explain to us, holy cow, this seems like an incredible set up. I want to know more about grid life. So that's really when we started to talk about what he was doing or what you guys were doing and what, you know, and, what, and how we were separate of that, you know, and how we needed to come, come into play with this. So he's brought me into that. That's what I kind of wanted to talk about with our, these two cultures of, of, uh, man, I love this sport. I love what we do because there's friends all over this country and all over this world. And, it, and it's all because we have this, this common interest, you know, yep. and, and we can bring so many personalities together in all actuality, you know, I do love people and do want them to walk up to the front porch. And it's just been, it's, I, I think one day I told P, I said, do you remember when I told you I didn't want any more friends? This is, you know, two and a half years later. I said, I want you to know that you and your boys have enriched my life by coming down here. <laughs> and it's the truth. Y'all are, are an incredible group of guys. And uh, I enjoy every bit of it. I enjoy, I can't wait for you guys to come down. 17 are coming. Let me make reservations to the restaurant. Yep. Uh, <laughs> with the it. exception of Micaiah, we also bring the the oldest, rattiest, fastest shit to the track yeah. that you'll ever see. <laughs> That's one thing y'all do. You guys work on your cars when you get here a lot more than most others. Well, it's because it's all so junk. Far from, oh. we, we don't have, we can't buy nice cars. Is that we what just, it is? We take yeah. old cars and make <laughs> pretty much it. Is. Well, you do a good job at it. You do. So... Pete's got this M5. I get in the car with him. Scares me. Scares the hell out of me. I don't... Pete... All right. He comes in saying he's advanced. Never has he been to this track. So, after knowing him for a few rounds, few rounds, few rounds, it's okay. We got to get you. I kept pushing him to get an E46, get an E46. And a buddy down here said, I found an E46. Do you want it? And I said, I don't, but I know a guy that does. So we locked it in. I went ahead and paid the money. And then I called Pete and said, hey, you know, it's you need to buy this car. So he says, all right, I'll buy it. Buys the car. I hold it three or four months. And um, finally he comes down. I, I can't remember what really the holdup was. But anyway, he gets down here on the track, 30 minutes. Sorry for telling this story, Pete. <laughs> but it goes over, the, over this tunnel turn that we have. That's a pretty heavy turn, you know. And um, puts it in the wall, totals the car totals the car <laughs> i kept the car safe everyone for four months <laughs> it was really a beautiful car and uh but jumping ahead look at where it's gone to now so the the suspicions were what did pete do because i never really asked what pete did and uh within three or four weeks that car was built and back down here he was just ready to go and uh, I don't know. I just said, all right, this is a dedicated dude. Let's see. You know, let's hang with him. And we've, like I said, we've had a really great time. Really good time. But you still think he's FBI? <sighs> I, I didn't say, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I say. The only time I've ever seen money spent in a car that fast was Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to just question that possibly he's FBI. Okay. Sometimes we've got it. We've got a, uh, a WhatsApp page. He and I and another guy, and it's called uh, "It's Just Money," and this is our issue: is we we compete on this page on, well, I got this and I got that. Well, I got this and I got that, and it's really becoming extremely expensive. <laughs> when we made the page, I said this is easily a hundred thousand dollar year page right here. <laughs> you know, between what's going to oh happen my God. here, and uh, but look at what's happened. I mean, we've all influenced each other, and when he brought Andy into the game, when he brought Andy down, and we don't talk a lot of. He would call it data. We call it data. Uh, when he brought that into the game, it really changed my driving. Even after 18, 20 years of sure. doing this, it was amazing to see the science behind it mm -hmm. and what to do. And I'm, I was out here turning, you know, 144s, 145s, thinking I was doing something. And we, we get into this data situation, 
And, um, man, it was instantly six seconds faster. Instantly. I believe it. You know, learning that. So, like I said, it's a true enrichment. It's been a true enrichment in this sport and in life by having, you know, you guys. It lightens your wallet, too. (laughs) What's that? It lightens your wallet, too. It does. I'm broke, but what do you do? We'll figure it out. (laughs) We're all broke. (laughs) I've been borrowing it from whiskey lately. (laughs) So. So, um when you get the Ferrari rebuilt, what do yeah. you what do you do with that car? So the Ferrari is um, for sale. Yeah, it is. It is for sale. But honestly, I don't want to sell. I mean, it's it's one of those <laughs> make me sell it kind of things. But um, it's an exhibition car, man. I mean, you know, people want to come ride in it. It, it has a passenger seat. Yep, it has a passenger seat. It came. Yeah, it comes with the with the passenger seat for whatever reason. And um, there's a there's a group that I run with HSR. And it's a historical sports car racing. You've got to okay. be, I think, 10 years old. I think the car has to be 10 years old. And um, I've been running the M3, but the plan is, is to start running the Ferrari in that. And just It's caged? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a race car. Oh, it's a Ferrari race car. race car. Factory, Factory no, race car. Yeah, no, it was a bill of sale, no title. Sick. Yeah, no title. They say there's 50 in the world left of this particular one. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I hear. So, I'm sure maintenance on a Ferrari race car is a little bit tricky. You know what's What's cool? the biggest pain point? <sighs> Tires. Really? I know that's funny to say, but yeah, it's really, it's not that expensive. There's there's going to be a rebuild that comes on this car that, um, what am I at? I've got 10,000 miles on the car now. I think at 15 or 18, there's a rebuild situation that's pretty, it's almost like a new engine. It's pretty heavy duty. But... The everyday man. Oh, I got lucky. Brian Leonard with Race Division is, uh, he's walking by. I didn't know him. He's walking by. He says, I know this car. And I said, uh, I said, what? Like, you know, a, you know, a Ferrari Challenge car? He says, no, I know this car. I was on the pit crew with this car for CCR for three years. I put that camera in your car. I did that. I did that diffuser. I did this. I did that. So, um, I said, well, please tell me you have a shop in town. He said, yeah, I sure do. It's about 30 minutes from here. So I thought I was going to have to have maintenance in, in Atlanta or go, you know, go somewhere far. But he's right down the road and he does every bit of it for me. That's super convenient. Super. Now, super outside of um, outside of going to Atlanta and coming here to Barber, do you travel anywhere else to drive? Yeah. Um, I love VIR. Uh, NOLA, I love. Um, Indianapolis was the first time I've been. Yeah, I met you at IMS um, yeah. for a Porsche Club event yeah. um, in July. Great track. Hopefully can do that more. Um, NCM's a honestly NCM's now my favorite track. You know, it's a mixture between Barber and Road Atlanta, and that that I would say is my favorite. Um, I really like driving there. Man, me too. So it's technical. Hard. It's really hard to be really fast. Yeah, so great, great track. Um, I raced Coda in February with BMW CCA. So we'll take Riley and I'll go out there, and I plan to come. I want to do this ice racing. Yeah, come up. We'll, Let's do it. We will get you in a car. All you got to do is get there. You know, and we got to get enough ice well, to get know, it started. Oh, really? That's, <laughs> it's been a, it's you been actually a mild have to make winter ice? so far, yeah. Huh. What, I think that's another thing with you guys that we're not we're not used to this. When, when y'all get out on the wet, it was funny. I got in the car with Andy, and this turn 12, you know, I'm going in turn 12 at like 85 miles an hour. And Andy drops in at 112 miles an hour. Right. And we're sideways. Holy shit. And it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking out the side window as we're going into this, you know, into this turn. And I'd been doing this track for so long. And 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 we got into the conversation of being able to drive the car sideways the same way you drive it forward. It's all just putting information into, you know, just, just making the car go where you want it to go and balance it. And I've seen every one of you that, that have learned to do it up there, how natural you guys are. And something Andy said, he was like, man, we do this on ice. So when it's dry, this is like... Now it's easy. Yeah, it's simple. So that's why I want to get up there to you guys and, and, you know, get that experience under my belt. That way I don't spin behind you in turn five like I did today. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, I wish I had a camera pointing out the back when that happened. But all I had was mirrors and it's like, oh, there goes Zach. Yep, let's follow Alex in the wet and see what I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Not far. (laughs) So the track this morning was pretty damn yeah like yeah. and you have slicks you only run slicks i'm running these uh no i'm you have well, the nankang yeah the, ones on that today, yes, right? yeah i didn't yeah. know the, the name of them but you guys provide me with nankangs 
So, uh, <laughs> so I thought I'd go enjoy those. So those are sort of the practice, whatever. But if I'm qualifying or racing, I'm for sure on Pizzi or on Pirelli's. Pause for track announcements. All right. So um, any changes planned for Riley or does Riley just, is that, that's what it is. So Riley is getting lighter and lighter. It's getting extremely expensive. These M3s, once you get under 2,900 pounds, it starts to become extremely expensive per pound. So what do you like? Where are you at? Like, what what kind of thing are you taking out to make it lighter? Man, at this point or all the way through? I mean, we've right got, now. Right now, we're down to cutting the doors out, cutting the trunk. Um, we've gone to a lightweight battery. All the sound deadening's coming out. Well, that's easy stuff. Easy stuff. That's like stuff. the stuff that happens first. It, yeah, it should be. But that's not the way we did it. We went the opposite way. But it's gotten down to, you know, look, your headlights are 20 pounds a piece, but we can get the carbon fibers that are... Three pounds. There's. You start coming to grid lights events, though. We do stuff at night too. Sometimes you want headlights. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, the plan is to get a light bar that I can pull on and off. Okay. You know, if if I'm going to do that. But yeah, I'm going to run this engine until it blows. Okay. And then I'll figure something out. I'd love to have a V10 put in it. Uh, there is one of those. Do you know Dwight Kelly? Uh. Uh-uh. He has a an E46 wide body uh, that he put the V10 into. He comes. He over the last couple of years had come to our event at road Atlanta and is pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but the sound that it makes is unbelievable. I heard it's a very complicated swap. It is. So, so I'm a little concerned about that, but I don't, I, I want to stay a little pure. I don't want to get into an LS situation and you know, I just don't, I'd rather keep Riley with the heart of a BMW and just buy another one that you sure. know, does that. Now do you have, do you have any beaters that you like go and abuse on track? I have a, uh, yeah, I've got a 96, I think, <laughs> 325. Okay. That they, was old SCCA car. Okay. Yeah, caged? We, yep. That's caged. your GLTC car. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's not. It's just 180 horsepower. That's but the right amount. It's Perfect. a fun car. Yeah, that's uh, the wheel-to-wheel series that Grid Life does. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Do you have any wheel-to-wheel sprint. experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that that you want to come run GLTC, it's in that car. Let me come. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll we'll send you the dates after the show. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by your... Uh, your yeah, isn't that great? You got a little... Uh, <laughs> your thongs are... It's a little awkward. <laughs> I, I, I wore these just for you. I, <laughs> I wanted to be an eccentric celebrity. Yeah, well... So <laughs> you need to explain what it is. I mean, right now people think I'm sitting here in a thong. Well, he's, well, he's got flip flops on, yep. but he's wearing socks, and he's making sure to get that uh, yeah. that camel toe in the sock. Yeah, he's got his socks with his sandals, his cut off jeans on, no, and his bright pink tie dye t shirt. Yeah. Welcome to Alabama, people. <laughs> I do have the socks. I'm guilty of the socks, but. I just uh, so about comfort. All your friends here are they people that you met doing events at Barber, or did you bring people in? I don't know if I brought people in. I mean, uh, Chad, um, Chad and Chris that are here today, I've known since we were 17 years old. We were all street racers, like, we all went out at midnight on Friday and street raced, and I think after the tickets and the insurance and all the things that we went through as kids, it was just okay. Let's try to get, let's try to get legal in this. We were bikers too. I mean, that's I. I really was out here at first uh, on a motorcycle. It was the first time I was out here. I was I was on a bike, and okay. a, a GSXR one thousand, and then but had my car, owned the car, just the first experience because this was going to be a motorcycle track. Okay, it just evolved into into it. It's a crazy place. And I'm very sorry to cut us short because I would let you talk on the microphone all day. Oh, wow. Thank but you. I got to go out and do a 130 in a TTRS. All right. Do so it. That, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Yep. So, one uh, minute 30. What? Okay, I did. A 130. Wow. And Congrats. two one minute 32s. In traffic. Wow. Yeah, go do it. Yeah, so I'm going to go do that. All right. But thanks for being on the show. And yeah. I'm going to kind of attach this to Whiskey Pete. And, cool. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure talking well, to you. I love that you're you're so hospi- uh, <laughs> what, hospitable down here. It's Wonderful. very nice. Yes, we are. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, man.
Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pits at Grid Live to say hello.